going to share a passage with you this morning. And um, also, I've got a wonderful poem to share with you, which was, many people think is an unknown uh, poem, unknown author. But actually, uh, the author has been found. Um, and uh, so th this is actually written by Dr. James Allen Francis, who was uh, a pastor in Canada. And he was born in 1864 to 1928. And this was one of the sermons that he preached as a pastor. And then it was later uh, put into uh, like a poem form so that it could be shared with others. And, and I think you might be familiar with some of these words. I'm going to read them to you this morning because they're very inspiring, very encouraging. So I just want to thank you for joining with us this morning and uh, for supporting what we're doing here. And we just pray abundant blessings upon all our viewers uh, and our church, Chippen and Christian Fellowship. We just want to bless you in the name of the Lord. We thank you for your support. And thank you for working with us and praying for us and giving towards the work of God here in Chippen. So just want to bless you and thank you for all that you're doing. So this is um, a poem or a, a little writing that was written and it's called One Solitary Life. So I'm going to start with this today. It's a great, great poem. He was born in an obscure village. He worked in a carpenter's shop until he was 30. He then became an itinerant preacher. He never held an office. He never had a family or owned a house. He didn't go to college. He had no credentials but himself. Nineteen centuries have come and gone, and today he is the central figure of the human race. All the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the parliaments that ever sat, and all the kings that ever reigned have not affected the life of man on the earth as much as that of that one solitary life. Praise God. Of course, he's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ and I especially love those last few lines, so I'll read them to you again. All the armies that ever marched, all the navies that ever sailed, all the parliaments that ever sat, and all the kings that ever reigned have not affected the life of man on the earth as much as that one solitary life of Jesus Christ. That's right. He has affected our world more than any other person and he is Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He has today probably 2.4, 2.5 billion followers. So it's the largest religion in the world. It's the, the religion that claims to have the most people following one person. Of course, we know that Jesus Christ lived on the earth, that he, he came into this world as the babe of Bethlehem. We're coming into the... Christmas season where we are remembering his birth as I go through my town and see all the sparkly um, the, the sparkly lights and uh, all the decorations that everybody's putting up I drove through the town last night I had a look around not a single one was representing Jesus Christ what a sad world we have. We've got sparkly lights. We've got pictures of Santa. We've got elves. We've got all manner of lights and colors going on. Not a single one did I see represented Jesus Christ 
And it's his birth we're celebrating. How deceived, how we love to push the Savior aside, how we love to push him aside so we don't want to talk about him, how we just love to push him out of our society. What does the Bible say? The whole world is under the control of the evil one. That's right. The whole world lies in the lap of the evil one. He just wants to push Jesus out of Christmas, doesn't he? But praise God, he's never going to push him out. He's in our hearts. He's exalted. He's lifted up in our lives. He will never lose his place in our hearts. Praise God for the church all over the world. One day that church will be lifted up out of here and the Antichrist will be revealed. That is the parousia. That is when the church will be taken out. 2.4 or however billion people God sees fit to take. And we will be just suddenly taken out of here. Incredible to think that a third of humanity could just disappear one day. But friends, that's going to happen. That is what it talks about in the book of Thessalonians. The parousia, the rapture, the taking up of the church. Getting out of here for all eternity. So that's why it's so important to be right with God today. It's so important to be right with Jesus, to receive him as Lord and Savior. There's no other name in heaven or on earth or under the earth by which we can be saved. It's only the name of Jesus can save us. We need to be saved, friends. We need to be saved from ourselves, most of all, not just our sin, but from this world or from Satan. We need to be saved from ourselves. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. If you're feeling lost this morning, if you're thinking, what's it all about? It's all about Jesus and receiving him as Lord and Savior, as the king of your heart, and coming to know God as your friend, coming to know God as your Savior, coming to know God as a real person. It's absolutely possible. I personally have experienced the love of God. I've received the forgiveness of God. Millions of Christians all over the world testify of the forgiveness and the cleansing and the goodness of God when he comes into your life. Um, Jesus Christ is available today. He is there for you. Just reach out by faith and receive him as Lord and Savior. He is right here. The Bible says he's not far from any one of us. And uh, he is right here by his spirit. We just need to reach out by faith and re receive Christ, accept Christ as Lord and Savior. Total transformation will happen to your life. Total transformation. And uh, God will transform you. I'm not talking about going to church. I'm not talking about reading the Bible or praying. I'm just talking about accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. Say, Lord Jesus, come in. Be my Lord and Savior. Be the King of my heart. Lord, I've heard all about you. I've heard about how famous you are. I've heard about your famous life, how you raised the dead, healed the sick, did amazing miracles. I've heard all about your life. Now, I want to receive you as Lord and Savior. Friends, he will accept you if you have never asked him into your life. He will come and sup with you. He will have fellowship with you. He will come in and transform your life. You'll be a different person. You'll be totally transformed, totally renewed, and totally changed. The Bible says you will have a new nature. You take out the heart of stone, you put in a heart of flesh. You will be totally transformed, totally renewed, because Christ comes in, friends. That's right. God comes into the heart of man. He comes into our lives, and he is accepted by us. 
He comes in to dwell with us for all eternity. What a privilege we have to know the Lord, to fellowship with the Lord, and to know Him for all eternity. Friends, it's time to get right with the Lord and get Jesus Christ inside. It's total transformation. Yes, a new heart, a new mind, a new soul, a new spirit. God is transforming you from wickedness to righteousness. That's right, all of us have sinned, all of us were sinners, and now Christ has come in, He's cleaning us up, praise God, amen. He's transforming our lives, purifying us by the Holy Spirit. He is making a people acceptable to Him. He is purifying a church that is without spot, without wrinkle, without any sin, without any fault, because of the blood of Christ. He is transforming us and renewing us. And praise God, He's at work in the church. The Holy Spirit is at work in the church. Every day is transformation. Every day we've been renewed and changed from glory to glory, from strength to strength. We've been changed from, from increase of knowledge to increase of knowledge. God is at work in the church by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we praise God for the Holy Spirit who is our helper. Now Jesus said, if you want to follow him, there's three things that you've got to do. Okay, three simple things. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, there are three things that you have to do. It's found in Luke chapter 9 and in verse 23, Jesus said, if anybody wants to be my disciple, these are the three things he has to do. Okay, so this is what the first thing Jesus said. If you want to be my disciple, <clears throat> you have to Deny yourself. Number two, you have to pick up your cross. And number three, you have to follow me. Okay, those are the three simple instructions Jesus left us. If we want to be a disciple, we want to be a follower of Jesus, we want to be like Jesus, we want to serve the Lord, there's three things we've got to do. Number one, you have to deny yourself. That's right. Jesus said that if we're going to follow him, we have got to deny ourselves. That means you've got to lay down your life and you've got to surrender to him. And you know, it, you've just got to say, God, I've had enough of my life. I've had enough of my wayward ways. Lord, would you please come into my life and show me how to live for you. When Christ comes in, it means... That we're no longer living for ourselves, but we're living for the Lord. That is, we are denying ourselves everything that we have desired to live for. You know, as Frank Sinatra used to sing, I did it my way. Well, that is not what God wants us to do. He doesn't want us to do it our way. He wants us to do it His way. And that is accepting Christ as Lord and Savior and starting to deny ourselves. We deny self. What does the Bible say about self? It says in the last days people will be lovers of themselves. That's right. This is what it says. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 11. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, 
without self-control. Brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Have nothing to do with such people. So friends, this is the last days we're living in. What will people be like? They will be lovers of themselves. This is the age of the selfie. Everybody's taking a picture of themselves. This angle, that angle, over here, there, everywhere. It's the, it's the language of the world. It's all about you. It's all about me. It's all about what I can get out of life. Friends, to follow Christ is a different way. To follow the Lord Jesus Christ means we have to deny ourselves. We've got to pick up our cross. We've got to start following Jesus. We've got to have a stop point. You know, when you're on that road and you've got to give way and all the traffic is flying past you, you've got a stop sign so that you're not going to get killed. God wants us to stop and consider our ways because if we go onto that road with all that traffic and we don't stop, we're going to get killed. We're going to get into a bad accident. That's why the stop sign is there. God wants us to stop and take check of our lives. Consider your life in light of eternity. Don't just live for the here and now. Most people are just living for pleasure. They're just living for themselves. They're just living for what they can get out of lives, out of their life. This is not the way of Christ. Jesus came into our world to serve people. Jesus came to wash the disciples' feet. He didn't come to lord it over them. He didn't come to rule over them and say, you know, get into line. I'm telling you what to do. You go there. You do. No, he came to serve the people. Jesus was the most humble man on the earth. He was showing us the way to the Father. And the way to the Father is the way of humility. The way to the Father is the way of Christ. He came to save. He came to serve. He came to heal the people. He came to bless the people and minister to them and bring life wherever he went. Jesus went around doing good, healing all who were sick and oppressed. He came to serve others. He came to most of all serve the Father, but also to serve humanity. It's not all about us. And that's why so many people are depressed today. That's why people have so much mental health problems. Because they're just focusing on their problems. They're just focusing on self. In the last days, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of pleasure, abusive, proud, and the list goes on. So this is why, partly why, people are in a place of depression and unfulfillment. True fulfillment, please remember this, true fulfillment comes when we serve God and we serve others. Jesus was showing us a better way. It's not about me and all that I can get. Look at all the millionaires and billionaires. Look at their faces. They're miserable. Yes, they've got a lot of money. Yes, they can buy what they want. But are they happy? Money does not equate to happiness. People think that pursuing money and getting as much as they possibly can is going to make them happy. That is a lie. It might for a short time, but true happiness 
comes on the inside. True happiness comes to your heart, to your life. Only Christ can give you true and lasting joy. Yes, you might have a bit of fun with sin. You might have a bit of fun in the world. You might have a bit of joy. It will last for a season, but it will come to an end. Think about the prodigal son. And he said to the father, the younger son, give me my inheritance so that I can go and spend it on pleasure. And he went out, he took the money the father gave him, and he went and he lived and he spent his money on riotous living. How many people are doing that today? They're spending their lives on riotous living, on drugs, on alcohol, immorality. They're trying to find as much pleasure that they possibly can just to satisfy their mind and their soul and their body. But friends, it, it comes to an end. There are always consequences for just living for self. And the Bible forbids us to live for self. He's telling us, don't live for yourself, live for others. Deny yourself. Don't just go your own way, go God's way. Do the things that He wants you to do. The psalmist said, I delight to do thy will, O God. We must delight to do the will of God. We must desire to serve Him, to follow Him, to love Him. There's great fulfillment in your heart when you're close to Jesus. There's great fulfillment in your heart when you know that God is your Father. There is great fulfillment in your life when you know that all of heaven is behind you. That you're not just living for yourself, but you're living to serve others. You're following in the footsteps of Jesus. You're following in the footsteps of Christ. You are serving others. You're loving others. Great fulfillment. You know, I believe that the, the most fulfilling jobs in life are serving others, helping others. This great joy is given to you when you serve others. But even more, when we serve the Lord and when we serve others. So Jesus has called us to a life of self-denial. Here, he preaches the very gospel. He says, if you want to be my disciple... This is what you've got to do. You've got to lay down your life. You've got to deny yourself. You've got to live no longer for yourself. You've got to start living for the Lord. People think that when you become a Christian, you've got to give up this, that, the other. God is not so much telling you to give up those things. He's just saying, look, I've got something much better for you. Amen. He said, I have got a life that's much more rewarding, much more fulfilling. Let's face it, most people are looking for happiness. Most people are looking for fulfillment. Most people are looking for love and acceptance. They're just looking for it in the wrong places. There's no point in just going into a garbage can or a bin looking for happiness when happiness comes from God. He brings true happiness and joy into our lives. And the Bible promises this, that He will fill us with the joy of the Holy Spirit. There is nothing like the joy of salvation. When we have our sins forgiven, there is such a load taken off our lives. Suddenly our conscience is free. Suddenly we feel that everything is good with me and my Creator. Friends, I encourage you to try it. 
I encourage you, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I encourage you to say, God, would you forgive my sins? Would you come into my life and be my Lord and Savior? You will see such a transformation. God gives lasting joy, everlasting joy will be upon their heads. That's what the Bible says, everlasting joy will be upon their heads. We will live with the Lord forever throughout eternity. So praise God, He's teaching us a better way. The way of the world is all about self. The way of success is you push your way to the top. The way of the world says, just you get what you want to get for your life. Jesus is saying something completely different. He said, if you want to follow me, you have to deny yourself. Yes, it's quite a high call, but it's worth it, friends. He said, you've got to deny yourself, you've got to pick up your cross every day, and you've got to follow me. But friends, the rewards are out of this world. If you live for God, and you live for the Lord, great reward is yours in heaven. What does the Bible talk about? A crown of righteousness. He talks about a crown of splendor will be your portion for all eternity. Can you imagine wearing a crown of splendor and a crown of glory for all eternity? This is what God is offering those who follow Jesus and follow his supreme example of love and sacrifice. You see, it's not about what I can get. It's about what I can give. That's exactly what God did. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus poured out his life unto death. He gave his very highest and greatest gift. He, his own body he poured out on the cross. He was showing us a better way. True Christianity and true fulfillment is serving others and serving the Lord. So here's the first thing. Deny yourself. Yes, it may be tough on your flesh, but there will be a reward in heaven. Deny what you want and live for others and serve others. There is great fulfillment in that. Number two, Jesus says, you have to pick up your cross. Well, for a lot of people, the cross is a sign of affection. It's a sign of endearment. It's a sign of, you know, wearing it on, on, on as a necklace, wearing a cross or, or just having a cross on a building like somebody said to me recently, oh, I saw the cross on your church building and it gave me some comfort. Friends, this is not what the cross meant to Jesus. The cross was not an, an object of comfort. If you were going to be uh, crucified, if you're going to carry a cross, which Jesus did, he had to go to the cross, he had to carry the, the top bar, and he was going to be crucified. It was a symbol of death. That's exactly what it was. He knew, if I, and I remember he was a carpenter, he worked with wood all his life, and he knew that if that wood was going to be strapped to his back, he was going to his death. And he carried his cross, it was tremendously heavy. The Bible says he stumbled on his way to the cross, because he, on his way to Calvary, because it was so heavy and he had to be helped. If, he, if you had been scourged, from the top of your neck all the way down to your, to your ankles, you would struggle to carry something to 39 whips with bone and with metal in ripping out your flesh. You'd be weak as anything. But Jesus knew if I took the cross, I am going to be, I'm going to be crucified because the, 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 the cross was a symbol. It was a symbol 
of being crucified. It was a cruel and torturous death. Your flesh would be hanging out. The birds of the air could come and peck on you. It was a most cruel and torturous death. It was no sign of affection to Jesus. It was a symbol of death. And you know what, friends? God wants us to pick up our cross every day. He says, every day you must pick up your cross. Why? Because the Apostle Paul said, I die daily. Every day you've got, to you've got to die to your own desires. Every day you've got to say, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. You know, if you put your hands on the plow, you don't look back because then you're just going to fall off or you're going you're to create a line that's all twisted and wrong. Don't turn back. I have decided to follow Jesus. If you've decided to follow Jesus, you've got to pick up your cross every day. This is the will of God for you. Is you to deny yourself and pick up your cross every day. For God will be with you as you self-sacrifice. What is God asking for? He's asking you to lay down your life for Him. Why would He do that? Why would God ask you to lay down your life for Him? Because, friend, He laid down His life for you so you could be saved. He laid down His life for us so we could be saved and we could be redeemed. Now He's saying, will you lay down your life for me? Will you pick up your cross every day? Will you carry that cross, that self-sacrifice, that, that devotion to God where you say, I'm pouring out my whole life before you, Lord. I'm pouring out my life unto death. I'm pouring out my life for you, Lord, because I wouldn't even have a single breath if you didn't give it to me. And trust me, friends, God holds your breath in his hand. He can choose to let it carry on or he can choose to end it. God is the ultimate creator who's given us life and friends we have got to get to know our creator we've got to follow him and serve him and love him and pour out our lives unto death are, are we willing here's the question are we willing to die for the gospel like jesus was prepared to die for us and give him give up his life for us are we prepared to die for him he's asking us to pick up our cross every day and to die to our own desires, to live for Him, to put our body as a living sacrifice, to put our mind and heart and soul into loving the Lord as this, this is the greatest commandment, is to love God with all our heart, mind, soul and strength and, and, to, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Yes, God wants self-sacrifice. Yes, God wants us to pour out our lives into others. And he wants us to pour out our lives unto Him so that whatever we do, we do it for the Lord. Whatever we do, we are living for Jesus Christ. Whatever we do, people can see that this person is living for God because whatever you do is being recorded in heaven, friends. Absolutely. Everything you do is recorded. God is a great recorder. The Bible says He writes your name in the Lamb's book of life. Isn't that wonderful to know as a Christian, as you've turned away from your life, as you've accepted Him as Lord and Savior, that 
He writes your name in the book of life. He writes your name in the Lamb's book of life. If anyone's name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, he's thrown into the lake of fire. God does not want us to be lost for all eternity. He wants us to be saved. Praise God for the blood of Jesus Christ, which saves us from our own sins. So, what does the Bible teach us here? Here's a number of things. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says, And he died for all, so that we should no longer live for ourselves, but for the will of God. Amen? Is that God wants us to no longer live for ourselves, but for the will of God. Praise God. He doesn't want us to just live for ourselves. He wants us to live for Him and for all eternity. Everything you do for the Lord, the Lord sees it. Everything you do for God is recorded in heaven. God sees what you're doing for Him. And He wants to say to you one day, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Jesus was the ultimate servant and the Bible says because he humbled himself unto death, he has now been taken into the glory of heaven, into the highest exalted place at the right hand of the Father. Oh, praise God. Jesus Christ has been exalted. He who humbled himself unto death is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Praise God. So, here we are. And the Bible says that Jesus himself humbled himself unto death. What humility to be so broken. Even Jesus in the garden said, what did he say to the Father when he prayed? I, not my will, Lord, but yours be done. This should be your greatest prayer. Christian, this should be your greatest prayer. Not my will, Lord. But whatever your will is, if you want me to go to North, the North Pole, Lord, I will go. If you want me to go to the Sahara, I will go. Lord, wherever you want me to go, I will do it. Lord, whatever you want me to say, I will say it. Will you humble yourself to say, let your will be done in my life? Because the real thing that God honors is not sacrifice, but obedience. That's right. Sacrifice is part of it, but it's when we obey the Lord is when we show the Lord that we really love Him. Those who love me will obey my commandments. So praise God. Let's move on to the third thing. Jesus said is that you will, um, number one, deny yourself. Number two, you're going to pick up your cross and number three, you've got to follow me. That's right. Jesus said, follow me. Follow my example. The Apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. God wants us to follow him. So that we've got to live our lives like Jesus. He says, Apostle Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Jesus. Do the things that I do because I'm following Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate Example for you to follow. How's your prayer life? Compare it with Jesus. How's the holiness in your life? Compare it to Jesus. 
How's the purity in your heart compared to Jesus? Do the things that Jesus wants you to do. Follow his example. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit. He went around doing good and healing all who were sick and oppressed. So maybe it's time for you to start healing some people. Jesus raised the dead. Praise God. Christians can raise the dead. It's happened before. It's happened many, many times. People have been raised from the dead. Great testimonies of how God has raised people from the dead. What about cleanse the lepers? Well, today it's more like cleanse the people who have cancer. That's right. Cleanse the people from sickness. God's power, friends, is supernatural. Notice what he says here. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says about people who are lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient, etc., etc. It says here, lovers of pleasure rather than the lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Friends, true Christianity has power. True Christianity is power to live and to live that Christian life. True Christ Christianity is not just a form of godliness. It's not just going to church or saying, oh, I'm a Christian, I'm a religious person. True Christianity has got power. And we, we should pray for this power of the Holy Spirit to be manifested in our lives. That people will be healed from sicknesses. People will be cleansed from diseases. People, as we have prayed for, have seen amazing miracles. Praise God for the wonderful miracles. We prayed that God would waken up the people of Chippenham. And he, we prayed, Lord, send an earthquake. Within 12 hours, we had an earthquake in Chippenham. We had an a, a, a earthquake that was two on the Richter scale. Chippenham has never had an earthquake, to, to our knowledge. God answered that prayer. Wake up the people of Chippenham. Take the blindness off their eyes. Let them see Jesus. God does supernatural things, friend. He, he does amazing things. And so we must not deny the power of the gospel. Jesus displayed the power of God wherever he went. We must not just have a religion that is in form only, but there needs to be a power to our Christianity. We thank God for people like Rosie and Dawn who were healed of cancer in this church when we, they were prayed for and others who've received miracles. Andrew Knipe who had a stammer and God healed him through the prayer of the evangelist. God has done amazing things. He still is. He's doing remarkable things. God is at work in the church. So we must not deny the power of God. We must follow Jesus. So what does he ask us to do? Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and number three is follow Jesus. That's what he wants us to do. Imitate Jesus. Look at the life of Jesus. Study the New Testament. And look at the life of Christ. There he is, showing the power of God. There he is, opening the eyes of the blind. There he is, power is coming out of him. Why is this power coming out of him? He's showing us the power of God that we can have in relationship with Christ. It's not just a form of godliness, God forbid. It's the power of God. We want the power of God to be manifested in the church. We want the power of God to be manifested in our prayers. 
We want the power of God to be manifest when we preach. That signs and wonders and miracles will follow the preaching of the gospel. You know, we need to believe God for more. We need to have our expectancy level raised up higher. As, as uh, this man of God said to me recently, you know, expect the unexpected. Believe for more. Trust in the Lord. God can do miracles. However bad your situation is, He can turn it around. We believe in the God of miracles, signs and wonders. Yes, we are seeing them in Britain today. We've seen them in this church. We've seen them through our prayers. Even recently on our Zoom prayer meetings, God is answering us. Praise God, our God is alive and the Holy Spirit is manifesting through our prayers. He's answering our prayers. Friends, we have got a great Savior. Our God is filled with power and He wants all the power in heaven to be manifest on the earth because what did He say? He said, let your kingdom come on earth just like it is in heaven. Let all that is happening in heaven, let it come to earth. Let the poverty receive riches. Let those who are poverty stricken receive blessings from heaven. Let those who are sick receive healing. Let those who are destitute receive homes and be blessed. Let your kingdom come on earth, in our lives, in our situation, just like it is in heaven. Isn't that how Jesus taught us how to pray? The Lord's prayer means, means bring what's in heaven onto earth. Bring your rule, bring your kingdom. You know, people are, are, are talking about uh, all, all the great reset. There's no such thing as the great reset compared to the scripture. The great reset is when Christ comes in. The great reset of our lives is when He becomes Lord and Savior. The great reset is when you are born again, according to John 3 and verse 3. That how will a man see the kingdom of heaven unless he is born again? That's the great reset, friends, is when Christ comes in. And he transforms you and resets your life on the right path. Because he's got a blueprint for you. He's got a path for you to follow. He wants you to follow him in paths of righteousness. Not in paths of wickedness. Not in selfish pleasure. Not in the things that we can get and we, we can have in life. But Lord, what is your will? And what is your plan for my life? What are your purposes? Let me deny myself. Let me pick up my cross. And let me follow Jesus Christ. Because friends, the rewards are out of this world. God wants to reward you one day. Say, well done. Look what I gave you. I gave you one talent. And you, you got another talent. I gave you two talents. You got two more. I gave you five talents. You got five more. Actually, the Bible says the man with one talent, he went and buried it. God doesn't want us to bury the things that he has put in our lives. He doesn't want you to bury your talents. He wants you to use them and to multiply them and start giving out to people. Start giving out to your community. Let them know that God loves them. Let them know that you love them. Let your neighbors know that God is alive in your life. You're not a religious person. You're a Christ-like person. You're not full of religion. You're full of the power of the Holy Spirit. When you pray for people, things happen. When you move out in faith, something is going to happen. When you step out in faith, God is going to be right there with you. So praise God this morning. We can have a wonderful life 
by following these three principles. Jesus said, deny yourself, pick up your cross every day and follow me. Friends, you'll be so blessed in your life as you lay down your life for Jesus, as you serve the Lord in faithfulness, as you determine to follow the ways of the Lord. He is going to see your heart. He's going to see your sacrifice. And He is going to bless your life because you're pouring out now your life unto, unto death. You're pouring out your life for Him. You're living for the Lord. And God is seeing that because He loved you so much. He poured out His life for you. Now it's our turn, friends, is to pour out our lives because we love the Lord and we want Him to be glorified in the earth. We will love the Lord and we want Him to receive all the praise and the honor and glory. May God receive the praise. I finish on this little testimony. You see, Jesus went on to say that if you love your life, you're going to lose it. But if you lose your life for Him, you're going to find it. And then He went on to say that our lives are like a seed. So you could think this morning of a little acorn, right? that falls off the oak tree, that little acorn. You can hold on to that little acorn and you can cherish it and you can say, this is wonderful, this is a great acorn, you can keep for 10, 20, 30, however many years. And you can just keep looking at it and say, it's a great acorn. Or you can plant it in the ground and the Bible says that the seed of the acorn, the acorn has first got to die and when it dies in the ground, then... It begins to send out roots and shoots. That's right. It dies first. And then through the death of it. It sends out shoots and roots. And eventually that little acorn will grow into a massive oak tree. Do you know what? Jesus wants us to die first. He doesn't want us to preserve our lives like that acorn. And keep it for 10, 20, 50, 100 years. He doesn't want us to keep our lives. He wants us to give our lives away, to give our life away to Him and for others. He wants our lives to be buried in Him. The Bible says that, that our lives are buried in Christ, in God. And so as you, as you bury your life, as you bury that acorn, what happens is that new life comes out of it. As you sacrifice your life, new life will come out of you. Now listen to this. As you sacrifice New life will begin to burst out of your life. As you die to self, God will manifest His new life. As you die to the things of this world, as we say no to ungodliness, worldly passion, as you die to self, and then God's Holy Spirit will manifest new things. Now listen to this. When the acorn dies, it grows eventually into an oak tree. Listen to this amazing statistic. One oak tree can produce ten million oaks, uh, sorry, acorns in its lifetime. One acorn, right, can produce, if it dies, 10 million acorns. Why can it produce so much? Well, first and foremost, an oak tree can live for a thousand years, right? And it keeps producing seeds every year. And so, this is what God wants us to do. Lay our lives down, be like that little seed, Die to self, like that acorn, and then new life will come out of you, and you will produce an abundance of new life. Praise God, He enables us to do this through the power of the Holy Spirit. May the Lord bless you. 
for listening to the word of God today. May you become like that little acorn. May you die to self. May you die to sin. May you die to selfishness so that the life of Christ will reproduce 10 million of you or however many God wants to manifest through your life. Beautiful fruit will come out of your life. So Father, I thank you for those who've listened today and I pray for your abundant blessings upon them that this word will not be stolen from their hearts but Father, this word will be planted deep in their soul and that Father, this word will produce fruit and that, Lord, it will produce an eternal harvest. Lord, I pray for the blessing of the Lord Jesus Christ to come upon everyone who's listened today. Lord, just put that seed of God's word in us this morning, the seed of eternal life. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that new life will manifest out of our self-denial, out of following Jesus and picking up our cross. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.